back to DVE Rocks live from training camp presented by FedEx and brought to you in part by Lecom, Bud Light, Excella Health, Ford, and Ireland Contracting on 102.5 DVE. Welcome back to the Rivers Casino and welcome back to Hour 2 of DVE Rocks Steelers Training Camp. Mike Persuda along with Bob Labriola. We've got uh, another hour's worth of Steelers talk for you as we... Uh, execute the second of three training camp specials the third edition the third and final show will be a week from tomorrow night here from rivers and uh, bob uh, we've talked a lot about uh, the current steelers in the program thus far but uh, of course uh, this past weekend about the history of the steelers what uh, a series of days in canton five members of the organization going into the pro football hall of fame we're never going to see that again from anyone are we uh, you know, I, I, I made a half-hearted attempt uh, to try and do a little research on that. And as far as I can tell, except for, you know, some of the early classes where, you know, they, they inducted a bunch of people uh, just, to cry, just to try to, um, you know, fill it up a little bit, uh, I, I, five, five people from the same franchise – in one weekend, induction weekend, uh, I, I certainly couldn't find uh, another uh, instance of that happening. And, you know, barring another global pandemic or something, I, I can't imagine it happening again. And, you know, when you look at not only were there five, you look at the numbers, which was the number itself was impressive. But the representation, I mean, you had a contributor, a coach. You know, a couple of players, current guys. You know, Donnie Shell, I guess you could call a semi-old timer. Certainly, you know, more than 25 years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, it just really ran the gamut, covered all of the bases. Um, just a really a, a great showcase for the franchise. And you know, today, as we sit here today, now you and me, um, the only two franchises in the history of the National Football League to have more uh, players enshrined in the Hall of Fame than the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, to me, are the two flagship, two of the flagship franchises in the history of the league, the Bears and the Packers. Alan Fanica was the guy who was a front and center Sunday night, last night for the Steelers. Saturday night, uh, the world uh, heard from Troy Paul Malu and Donnie Schell and Bill Cower. Uh, last night was Alan Fanica's night. Bill Nunn uh, inducted posthumously, and uh, there was a, a presentation uh, video about Bill Nunn uh, last night. But uh, Alan Fanica gave his speech, and uh, before he did that, before uh, a lot of us congregated in Northeast Ohio, uh, going all the way back to last Wednesday before the Hall of Fame game, Alan Fanica uh, made a visit with uh, his old friends on the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show broadcasting from Canton, Ohio. The Pro Football Hall of Fame, five Pittsburgh Steelers going in this weekend. It is your radio home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. And joining us right now, one of the inductees this weekend to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Alan Fanica. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Al! <laughs> it's finally here. On, the big weekend, man. It's finally here. It is finally here, man. What, 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 uh, it's going to be awesome. So you're getting inducted on Sunday night. 
in the last couple of months since you found out, have you had time to process what this all means to you? Has it come to take on a different meaning? Or have you just been too busy with, like, getting tickets for your family members and travel arrangements and logistics? <laughs> that, 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 uh, that is uh, ramped up in the last couple of months as far as taking care of uh, family and friends and stuff. But, uh, you know, at different stages along the way, it's, it's sunken in a little bit more. You know, when, when we went up to the hall, when Jewel and I went up there to kind of take a visit and see everything, it got a lot more real when all of a sudden you're walking through the hall with David Baker and he's telling these awesome stories about these guys you're walking by. Yeah. Um, and then we go out to uh, Salt Lake City and I bring the family out there and we go uh, sit for the bus for the whole day oh. and everybody gets to experience it. And what was that it got, like? It, uh, was that it like got even more real out there uh you know that was uh it was interesting uh great guy ben hammond uh amazing things that he could do but uh i just really enjoyed it uh he's got a great family and my kids ran around playing in between sticking their sticking their heads in there and telling me my nose looked crooked or <laughs> you know my, my hair was in my face uh so uh it was pretty neat it was pretty neat did you see the fi the finished product i've seen close to the, the finished product they kind of they 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 kind of get to a point where they're like, "Are you good with this?" And then they take it away, and then they uh, keep uh, working on it a little yeah. bit, do some finishing touches. So I I don't know the exact uh, finishing. Is it long-haired, Alan? It is long-haired, Alan. Yeah, uh, yeah nice. you have to. Yeah, that's the one I remember. Alan, I got a two-part question for you. Number one, have you finished the speech yet? Number two, have you watched any induction speeches for inspiration? And if you have. What's the gold standard for you? Who hit all the right notes? Oh, man. Um, you know, in the beginning, I did I did take a, a glance and watch some. And, and I've seen some in the past. Um, uh, but my, my speech is finished. Um, but you, you definitely, you know, you start looking around and just, just for ideas and, um, you know, things. You don't want to miss anything, right? So you just right. kind of start looking around for ideas and then start putting your own thoughts and, uh, and footprint on it. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, LaDainian Tomlinson did a great job. Uh, he's one, I think, uh, did a, he, he kind of knocked it out the park. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, Kevin Mawai, I know, uh, from, uh, from LSU, my LSU days. Yeah. So I watched him pretty good, and I think he nailed it. And, uh, you know, I went back and looked at, at Russ's as well and, and guys I knew. So, um, so much inspiration from all those guys. Alan, you're as good an offensive lineman as the Steelers have ever had. The, the Hall of Fame confirms that. And yet your your career here didn't end, I don't think, the way you wanted it to or maybe they they wanted it to. What gets you over the uh, initial hard feelings? What brings you back in the way you've been back all the way in to the extent that you've gone to camp and coached and uh, you and your family are on social media all the time with Steelers gear now and it's uh, – how how do you sort of reconcile of, all yeah, that? Yeah, that's the word I was searching for, and uh, right. and what what allows you to do that? Well, I, I appreciate you, Mike, for bringing that up every time we talk. It seems like <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I was thinking uh, the same thing. I'm Al, like, why you got to bring that up? Al, you're one of the few guys I can ask that question to because you're far from alone in that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, you know, it is. It's hard feelings, uh, just how it all happened and came down and. You know, I think anybody uh, who's with the team for 10 years uh, doesn't really have a desire to leave. So, uh, you know, right. time heals wounds and you move forward. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a once you're a stealer, you're always a stealer. 
and uh, it's it's pretty easy even for uh, even a non-fan to look at the, my my uh, career span of 13 years and 10 of it in Pittsburgh and know that I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler. So, you know, I uh, I tell I tell people back in Louisiana I bleed purple and gold. Anywhere else outside of Louisiana, I tell people I'm I'm bleeding black and gold. So, uh, uh, the gold is definitely in me. You know what? I, I wanted to ask you about that because it strikes me that it's a very cool thing for you to have these huge football legacies in your uh, in your trajectory towards the Hall of Fame, being LSU and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Have you ever thought of how different or how much harder it would have been for you to receive the uh, uh, rightful acclaim that you, you have through the years if it weren't on such bedrock institution places along the way? Definitely. I mean, you, you look back to if I would have gotten drafted somewhere else, uh, you know, you, you can wallow uh, on a team uh, that doesn't use you to your ability. Uh, you know, we see that the most visibly is probably with the quarterback position, uh, um, but it happens to all positions. You go to some place and you might be a good player, but mm -hmm. maybe they don't ask you to do the things that you do great. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. all they need you to do. And they're fine with you and they're going to pay you. and You're stuck there and you, you just got to ride it out. So, uh, you know, I'm very thankful that I got drafted by the Steelers to an organization that uh, was was dedicated to a lot of the things that made me a good player and put me to use. Alan, I'll ask you the same thing that I asked Troy. With all the people who are so important in your life, your personal life, your career, how difficult was it for you to choose somebody to induct you, to present you for induction? It was very difficult. It's, uh, uh, you know, when you when you just first think about it, it's like, whoa, man, this is like a, it's just a, a big honor, a big, a big moment, and a, just this huge thing in your life. And to, to try and pinpoint uh, one person to go up there and uh, uh, present you is was a little overwhelming at first. Uh, it kind of took me a little while to wrap my brain around it. And, uh, you know, the more, the more I thought about it and, you know, there's so many people that touched my life and touched my career, but uh, it just, Heinz was, was the answer for me. And it just, when, when you know, it's kind of like something feels right. You just roll with it, right? There's a reason mm -hmm. it feels right. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how it was for, uh, for Heinz. Hey, Alan, we were talking with uh, Trey Turner up at training camp about a week or so ago, and your name came up, and he called you a living legend and Mr. Fanica. And he said, he said, hopefully he can get to a game or two this year and I can make him proud. I mean, is that a pretty good uh, example of uh, how your life has changed since you got that HOF in front of, in front of the name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did see that. Um, you know, it, it has changed a little bit in, the, in those respects. Um, but, uh, you know, that's great, man. Trey's, a, Trey's a, a good guy, a good player. I know a little bit about him. Uh, from his LSU days, uh, you know, at least he didn't call me an elder. I was out at a, a, a restaurant the other day, and this 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 guy in his twenty somethings turned around and said, "Hey, man, I respect my elders. Do you need a seat?" And I was like, "Oh, whoa! <laughs> whoa wow. When did I just join the elders of the tribe?" <laughs> Well, okay, along those lines, are there any elders that you are excited about joining in the Hall of Fame? You know, when I was a kid, I had posters all over my wall. I'm sure you were the same way. Are there any names that you're like, oh, man, I'm going to be in the same Hall of Fame as Jerry Kramer? Yeah, man. You know I, you know what it makes me think back on is my my first Pro Bowl. When you get in the, 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 the team room, the team meeting where both teams are together, and it's kind of an introductory thing. And I'm sitting in there, it's my first Pro Bowl, and I'm looking around, and you know, I look over, over a couple chairs over, and there's, you know, Jerry Rice is sitting there, and then so-and-so is sitting over there, and I'm like, 
Jesus Christ, man, I'm in this room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, so it's very similar, man. You know, all the, the, the guys, you know, you grow up playing, uh, playing out in the front yard, pretending to be, and, uh, now you're in there with them. It's just simply, uh, simply amazing. You know, um, you know, for me personally, uh, having come into the Steelers and, and having played a couple years with uh, Dermani Dawson and just having uh, all the respect in the world for, for the type of guy he is but the way he played the game, uh, that means a lot to me to go in there with him because uh, I, I was never a guy that I grew up. I always ran around in the front yard pretending to be somebody, but I always wanted to be, be me. And uh, when I got to Pittsburgh and I saw what Dermani was and how he was as a player and what he did and what he meant to the organization, I was like, I want that. I, I want to be uh, what Dermani means to this team. And that's where I kind of set my goals uh, when I got here, man. So to join him in the hall is uh, it's pretty special to me. And, you know, the last thing I have for you is when I think of you and your career here, I I first think of off-the-field stuff because there are a lot of guys who come through Pittsburgh and play a whole long time and don't leave the same mark on the town because, uh, you know, and that's not a criticism of the way other people do it, but you and Julie made sure that you were a part of Pittsburgh. And whether it was through, uh, you know, the charity work that you did, Glimmer of Hope, uh, you know, the time we did the big show for the Tipitinas Foundation and had Dr. John up here, uh, you guys were always involved and always a part of the fabric of, of the city. And that is a much different experience for a player if you're able to do that. So I'm sure that that was equally rewarding for you. But for me, uh, I can't help but be happy for you and Julie and the kids this weekend. And I'm sure you're going to address it this weekend in your speech. But this has to be a validation uh, of the greatest magnitude for all the sacrifices that your family has made for your career along the way. Yeah, man, it is. It is. It really is. It's, um, you know, all on top of my family and, and the tears that will probably be, uh, be flowing uh, on Sunday night. Uh, you know, it's been a really cool ride along this process. You know, you're in this locker room and you, and you, you play with guys and coaches and you appreciate each other, but you probably never really say the words, you know, you don't really come out all the way. And, and but to go through this process and people are reaching out to me and I, man, you, to have those couple of moments to have a conversation with somebody and just let them know what they meant to you, uh, whether as an inspiration or uh, a player or how they helped you and to, and to have those words with those peoples and those conversations, uh, has really been the biggest blessing about this whole thing, I think. Well, I tell you what, in this town, when you hear the number 66, it's hard to not think of Mario Lemieux, and there's only one or two people I can think of that could have held up to that same sort of, mm-hmm. of uh, you know, benchmark of, yeah, but also Alan Fanica, you know. So <laughs> you, you did 66 good in this town, and, uh, you know, I hope everybody in Steeler Nation has had an opportunity to tell you the very same things that you got to tell your family. You've been the best ambassador for Steelers football and the city of Pittsburgh, and we couldn't be bigger fans, and we couldn't be happier for you for this coming weekend. All the best to you, Alan. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, guys, man. Love it. Thank you. You know, Lab, uh, Alan Fanica has a uh, little something in common with Troy Polamalu and with a lot of other guys, probably most other guys not named Jerome Bettis, in that a lot of times you don't get to leave on your terms. And both of those guys didn't think 
they were done playing with the Steelers. Uh, you know, Troy thought he was still a better player than the Steelers thought he was. Alan Fanica wanted to be paid at a higher rate than the Steelers thought he deserved. And some, some I don't know if bitterness is the right word, but certainly hard feelings and uh, disappointment. And yet, over time, they come back into the fold. And uh, both of those guys are all the way back in. Uh, Fanica has been back as a coach and uh, if you check his social media is you know he's got his kids dressed up in Steeler garb on game day here we go and all the tweets and everything and uh, he's a Steeler as they get right now uh, I, I think it uh, says something not just about the organization but about the people involved that they're able to glean perspective with time yeah I was I was just going to go that way with it I mean um, I think that you really, in, in a lot of these situations, you really have to look at the individuals, um, you know, Troy and Allen and, and some of the others, and, um, you know, respect, first of all, their feelings in the first place. Uh, but then, you know, the realizations that they eventually come to and the understanding. You know, Troy uh, has been quoted as saying that, yes, he did not feel that he was ready to retire but now he understands it was exactly the right time and the right decision um you know i i i don't know that i am um a big enough person to be able to do what those guys did uh what those guys do and um i won't say forgive and forget but at least uh put your own biases and hard-headed opinions aside and maybe come to a perspective that uh or at least be open to the other perspective of that you know maybe this in fact was uh my reality at that time and i have a lot of respect for people who are able to do that uh and so therefore by extension you know i have a lot of respect for troy polamalu and alan fanica um beyond you know this particular thing we're talking about uh and you know i just just as a quick sidelight i i don't know really what i was expecting from alan fanica's speech but he exceeded it uh it was it was extremely well done in my opinion he did not make it about himself totally i thought he had a perspective on you know his career his situation with epilepsy um, he was candid. He was honest. He was uplifting. Uh, and, again, I don't know. You know, as I just said, I don't know that I would have the maturity and the ability to to look beyond some of the uh, perceived slights that these guys had. I, I definitely don't think I would have the ability to stand up behind that podium in front of that microphone at, in that situation and be as perceptive um, and intelligent and, you know, all of the things that went into that speech. Uh, I, I really, I, I, I have trouble putting into words how much I admire him and the others for their ability to communicate um, effectively and passionately in such a situation. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool stuff from uh, all involved. Alan was definitely a voice of the team. 
and a guy who wasn't uh, shy about talking to the media during his career and saying what was on his mind. Troy Polamalu not comfortable speaking for the team or really about himself or any of the stuff that he had to do. <laughs> and yet he pulled it off as well. Uh, great stuff all the way around. What a weekend uh, to kick things off here in 2021. When we come back, we're going to learn a little bit uh, about the Hall of Fame and the process and and what it really means beyond uh, a uh, succession of bronze busts all in a row. Uh, David Baker, the guy who gets to knock on the doors and uh, tell the inductees that they have made it each and every year. He was kind enough to visit the DV Morning Show last week, so we're going to hear from David as well. Bob uh, Labriola and myself will be here at the Rivers Casino until 9 o'clock tonight. It's the second of our three Steelers training camp specials, DVE Rocks training camp. Right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE. Back to DVE Rocks live from training camp presented by FedEx and brought to you in part by Lecom, Bud Light, Excella Health, Ford, and Ireland Contracting on 102.5 DVE. Welcome back. Mike Pursuta and Bob Lariola with you tonight until 9 o'clock here from Rivers Casino on your Steelers flagship. Time now to kind of take a peek behind the Hall of Fame curtain. Uh, pretty high-profile guy, a guy who has become pretty recognizable in recent years. David Baker, uh, the guy who knocks on the doors and tells people, you made it, you're in, you're a Hall of Famer. Uh, he was kind uh, enough to visit the DVE Morning Show recently and talk just not just about that process, but about uh, what the Hall means and, and what it is the Hall of Fame is trying to accomplish. Here's the Pro Football Hall of Fame's David Baker. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show on your radio home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. And joining us right now, President and CEO of the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, David Baker, ladies yes. and gentlemen. He gets a big round of applause. Mr. Andy, Baker, how are you? Great to be with you, man. Love having you in Canton. The biggest party in Pittsburgh has happened in Canton, Ohio this week. Yeah, you know, That's it's right. it's been in, uh, the case that the biggest party in Pittsburgh follows the Steelers outside of Pittsburgh quite often. Steeler Nation <laughs> travels uh, quite well, as you know. This weekend in Canton will be festooned with terrible towels everywhere you look. And I guess the first question I have for you, you know, we're all excited, of course. Five Steelers going in over the course of two nights. But w with your role as the, uh, the head honcho, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and you are the guy who lets people know, hey, you're going into the Hall of Fame. Do, do you find it awkward when you walk into, I don't know, a restaurant and there are former players hanging out? Is there always an expectation that you're about to give somebody their induction into the Hall of Fame and you got to say, like, no, I'm just here for dinner? You know, it's the greatest job in the world. It's kind of like being Ed McMahon in the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. Right. Um, you know, if I go to Burger King to order food, when I get to the drive-up window, the lady goes, hey, am I going into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is uh, it is such a great privilege and it's such a great honor. Uh, these guys have given all of us who love this game so many spectacular memories, uh, and, and it's a wonderful to give them a memory, not just only when you knock on the door. And, and when that happens, let me tell you, Randy, um, you know, they're not thinking how much money they made or they're going to make or their Super Bowl rings. Uh, I, I guarantee you they're talking about their mom. Uh, you know, they're mm -hmm. thinking about her driving them to practice when they were 10 or their dad or their coach or their teammates that got them there or the fans they love. And, and you know, it, it is such a privilege to see them because you can all, almost in that moment 
see them reflect on their whole life's journey to get to Canton, Ohio. Um, but to give them the opportunity to have the memories that they're going to have this week. Uh, you know, we, we had the first full stadium for football in over 18 months. But now we've got the parade, the enshrinement, the gold jacket celebration. Um, you know, it, and they do it with all of their friends and family and certainly fans in, this, in the case of five Steelers that are getting enshrined. And, and they all come together. And so, uh, you know, it's been a privilege to talk to them, to work with them, uh, to help them put their speeches together, for, to tell their life story. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is a it is a magical moment, and uh, what these good people in Canton have done here is is really special, uh, because these guys who are being honored, uh, you know, a guy like Troy Palomalo, good lord, you know, or, or Alan Fanick, or Bill Nunn, uh, you know, or Bill Cowher, or, or Donnie Shell. Uh, what they have done for us is incredible. So uh, it, it's exciting time, but you know we have had the phrase that this is twice the fun in 21 because we had to cancel the centennial. But the centennial was 20 guys, so this is actually kind of almost three times, maybe 10 times the fun in, in 21. It's going to be a, it, it's it's already outstanding. It's going to be even better. David, we asked this to the guy that escorts the Stanley Cup around, but living every day in paradise does that like make your personal life kind of anticlimactic or, or is it just awesome every day for you? you no, know, I would never let my wife think that. Uh, <laughs> <I've always said. laughs> okay. uh, uh, you know, but, I, but what I would say is it, it is one of those things where I think when you get to know these guys, uh, whether it's Randy Moss or Jerry Kramer, who had to wait 45 years yeah. or Joe Montana, Dan Marino, uh, you know, uh, all these guys, um, you know, the fact of the matter is that they didn't fall out of bed great. We all think that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Jerome Bettis uh, was bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, but in reality, let me tell you how hard he had to work and where he came from in Detroit and, you know, what he had to go through to life just to, to, to be considered for the NFL. And what I've learned from them is that they are all fighters and they persevere and, they believed in something so much that they drug a whole lot of other people to greatness with them. And, and what I really love, I love these speeches, to be honest with you, uh, you know, because you hear their life story and, uh, you know, you don't have to be a football player to have a Hall of Fame life. Uh, by learning how they persevered, learning the people that encouraged them, learning that they didn't do it alone, um, learning their spirit and the values that they relied on, uh, you know, we can all be better, um, you know, fathers or or, or executives or companies or communities or certainly a better country. And, 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 and it's a really cool thing. You know, it, it, our mission at the Pro Football Hall of Fame is to honor the heroes of the game, to preserve its history, promote its values, and celebrate excellence everywhere. But it's not really about the hero worship of football players. And it's not even about just loving the great game of football and entertainment. But it's about you know, the fact that we can learn from them and their journey and maybe their journey can make us a little bit better. And, and I love, love that. that. I love that. I mean, it's, I love football, but I think what we do here is bigger than football. David, of all the players that you have had the pleasure to inform that they're going to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, who has had the most memorable reaction? 
you know, and I, that's a difficult question. I get it right, quite honestly, and it's kind of like asking me to choose which of my kids I love the most. Mm-hmm. Which kid um, do you so love the most? Ready, which yeah. of your kids do you love the most? These these guys are not my kids, and I'm not their dad. But I'll tell you, I have felt enormously proud of them. I, I, most often, they shed tears. And, and I will tell you, there's been times when I've shed tears with them. Oh, I mean, yeah. Certainly, Jerry Kramer, like I mentioned earlier, waiting 45 years is pretty darn special. But you take somebody like Brett Favre or Peyton Manning, who got selected in 10 seconds. I mean, you know, they just kind of said their name and dropped the mic, and all the selectors knew they were going to be in. Um, but, you know, when we knocked on the door of Peyton this last year at Mile High Stadium, and we had every one of his coaches there, uh, I got to tell you, it wasn't the polished 45-year-old incredible marketing veteran uh, that we've come to know him as uh, who I was talking to. I truly believe I was talking to this eight or 10 year old kid who, that started the journey uh, that knew what his dad was going through. And, and I saw the same thing with Brett Favre. I, I will tell you, they all moved me in different ways. One that moved me very specially was Randy Moss. Uh, Randy uh, you know, has had a, a tough life through the NFL and he was enormously physically gifted, but he had to overcome other things. Mm-hmm. And when he came to the door, he kind of came to the door as this mega star with this bright smile but as I told him and welcomed him to Canton and said, thank you for all you've done for the game, and we're going to guard your legacy forever, uh, I could see him transformed into somebody who was a star trying to protect himself to becoming an ambassador for the game. And it's, it's, it's a very special transition, I think, for a lot of guys. And uh, it should be. They should be honored. Um, you know, and, and listen, I don't mean to talk too long on this, but you got me going. But, um, you know, we will have at an, an event we have here with our gold jackets, three recipients of the Congressional Memorial of Honor. And they are guys who did incredible things for our country. Um, and when I introduce them, every one of our gold jackets will stand and get on their feet because they know who the real heroes are. But when those applause are done and the guys are sitting down, the guys who are Medal of Honor recipients, all they want to do is see the Dallas Cowboys or the Pittsburgh Steelers or, you know, their heroes. And what I think is important about this is it has to do with encouraging other people who are heroes in everyday life, the police officers, the teachers, the preachers, guys like yourself who talk on the radio and, and, and you know, talk about the game and, and people's failings, but also people's resurrections. And it's, it's a really cool thing, I think, with these people here – with these good people started in Canton, Ohio, um, it, it's great. And we will have 17 and a half, and a half hours of national TV coverage between uh, NFL Network, ESPN, and Fox uh, this weekend. Amazing. David, your background is fascinating. Uh, former pro basketball player in Europe. You've got a Bachelor of Arts in English Literature and Criticism, Juris Doctor, former editor-in-chief of the Pepperdine Law Review, former city councilman, former AFL owner, former Arena Football League commissioner. How do you go from all of that to the Hall of Fame guy? And my God, what are you thinking of next? <laughs> well, it, it clearly demonstrates that no matter what I do, I can't keep a job. <laughs> I, 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 I got to keep switching. Um, but I don't think there's going to be anything that can beat this. Uh, but I, 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 if I could add one other thing to that description, not to brag, but I'm also a dad. And uh, I've got 10 grandkids. 
And wow. that's why this stuff for me is so important. When I when I took this job, respectfully, I kind of turned it down. And I sent the job description to my wife and kind of shot an email and said, hey, you'll never guess what happened today. And uh, she called me back 15 minutes later, and I said, she said, hey, we're going to go do this. And I said, sweetheart, um, you don't understand. I just turned it down. And she said, well, you can call them back. And I was working on something else, and I talked about that project. She said, yeah, but your partners can do that. And, and I said, sweetheart, we're from Newport Beach, California. And I, I said, uh, sweetheart, I'm not sure you understand, but it's cold in Ohio. And to my great amazement, she said, have you read this thing? And I hadn't even read it. She said, you better read this because this is what you believe. Uh, I, I had a son – uh, all my kids are great, but I had a son that played in the league for eight years. He was a first-round draft choice by the Falcons in 2008. And um, we have an archive not only on him, but every guy that ever played in this league for one week, for one game. Uh, and our job isn't just to keep the legacy of those guys who have a bronze bust, but every guy who built this league. That's very cool. Uh, down mm -hmm. in Centennial Plaza, we have the names listed of all 25,000 uh, 474 players who played in the first century of the NFL. Wow. That is cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't think people know the extent to which the Pro Football Hall of Fame has chronicled the legacy of NFL players. Everyone thinks it's just the, the players who get the bust, who get the gold jacket, but it really is honoring the legacy of all NFL players. Yeah, it, there's so much stuff here. And again, I, when I get a chance to talk to Bill Belichick, who is a history buff, or or John Madden, who just, I've never seen anybody that loves the game like John Madden. You know, they're talking about how the tight end came about and, you know, how did, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the fullback position come about or the shotgun. Um, you know, uh, not long ago, we had a, a, somebody running for president here and I had the opportunity of sharing them. We have 6 million pictures and 40 million documents here. And uh, in 1905, college football had had 17 deaths just that year, 170-something uh, serious injuries, and college presidents were thinking about getting rid of uh, football at, co at the college level. And no less than Teddy Roosevelt, as president of the United States, felt that America needed football. It needed sports and discipline to teach young men at that time how to be rigorous and, and disciplined. And um, so he had meetings at the White House, and having been secretary of the Navy, he prevails upon a guy named Paul Daschle, who was the head referee in America and an instructor at Annapolis, to prevail upon um, Walter Camp, the keeper of the rules at Yale, to incorporate this thing called the forward pass. <laughs> and now the game's all about the forward pass. But then it was to make the game safer. And what's interesting is uh, 30, 35 years later, uh, we had 17, 18, 19-year-old kids uh, on the beaches of Normandy and, and, and the Pacific and Africa. And they did understand kind of this culture we had in America of sports, of being committed to something bigger than you, of caring about the person next to you and how to make them better and they can make you better. And it gave the, I mean, these guys were defending the free world. And so, we're, you know, this is, I'd like to think that the Hall of Fame isn't just for the guys who get paid the most money. It's for everybody that comes. Uh, it, it can help us all learn how to be a little bit better at something that's important to us.
Well, I tell you what, now I know why you keep getting hired. I'll, I'm ready to I'm ready to vote for you. My God. David Baker, president and CEO of the Pro Football Hall of Fame here in Canton, Ohio. And Mr. Baker, thank you so much for making time for us, for all of us here in Steeler Nation. We appreciate it, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you, thank you guys. God bless you. Go Steelers. Bye-bye. Great stuff from David Baker of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, uh, I tell you, it gets a little crowded over uh, enshrinement weekend labs, but uh, I can still remember the first time I went there. I was in third grade. My parents took me, and we went through it, and, and uh, I don't think I said a word because my jaw was just dropped the entire time, and they bought me a Steeler T-shirt and a Coke on the way out, and uh, it was a pretty good day. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing that I can compare it to, and I, I, I understand that it's not an uh, accurate comparison necessarily, but the Smithsonian. Because for me, I could go to either one of those places maybe every day for a month and never see the same thing twice or become bored with what I had seen. And um, the one particular part where, you know, Dave Baker was talking about all of the information and the things that they have chronicled about the history of the league, all that stuff they have, um, that is is 100% true. You can just lose yourself in those buildings for a long long time and if you love football it'll be time well spent for the most complete selection of steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible tiles visit one of the official steelers pro shop stores located at heinz field grove city premium outlets or tanger outlets or visit us online at shop.steelers.com for all your steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. One more segment to come here from Rivers Casino with Bob Labriola. I'm Mike Pursuta. You're listening to DVE Rocks Training Camp right here on your Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE. DVE Rocks live from training camp presented by FedEx and brought to you in part by Lecom, Bud Light, Excella Health, Ford, and Ireland Contracting on 102.5 DVE. Welcome back, Mike Pursuta, along with Bob Labriola here till 9 o'clock tonight. And Labs, uh, we've got another preseason game coming up Thursday night in Philadelphia in terms of uh, what I'm looking to see or looking forward to seeing or what I'd like to see. I'll uh, flip back to the Hall of Fame game. You know, there was a play in the third quarter where the ball was on the four-yard line, and it was given to a player, and he tucked it under his arm and – went forward series of steps and he got over the goal line and they called that a rushing touchdown didn't have to go five wide from the four yard line didn't have to spread it out and trick them didn't have to throw it uh ran it in i would have preferred that they do that again later in the game when they had a couple of chances inside the five and could not and then they couldn't really run out the clock at the end but baby steps i guess for the renewed emphasis on running the ball better at least one rushing touchdown is better than none maybe get another one in south philly yeah um you know and and not uh you use the word better um i might choose the word effectively uh to me that's they're synonymous in in this context um yes that is something that you know uh, needs to happen for this team for this offense to evolve in a way that uh is necessary you know, to uh, author some success this year. Um, but, you know, beyond the specifics uh, of what you just mentioned, and, you know, I would concur with that, uh, I, I would like to see some 
or let me say this. I want to not see any backslide because the whole, you know, two steps forward, one step back thing to me is, um, you know, it's a waste of time. It takes you a long time to get there. Right. And, and oh, it takes you so long to get there that you don't have enough time for it to actually happen. And so, you know, some of the things that we saw that we liked, some of them we've talked about, you know, playing clean, you know, those kinds of things. Um, it, it, I, I don't want to see a significant backslide. You know, there were three penalties last uh, week against the Cowboys. You know, nine or ten this time to me would be a significant backslide. Four or five, uh, okay, you know, different. There can be variances in, in the, the hard statistics, but, um, you know, I, I think you understand what I mean. Uh, and I, the other thing I would like to see is some uh, more definition in terms of roles or separation maybe is a better way to put it in terms of the people competing for the roles. Uh, as I mentioned, I didn't think that either Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins did anything one way or the other to impact the current pecking order of the depth chart at quarterback. Well, in this game, I would like to see, you know, if it's Dwayne Haskins, I want to see him make a move forward. If it's Mason Rudolph, I want to see him, you know, grab the job by its throat, so to speak, and make it his. I mean, it's to me, it's starting to be time for some of these guys to really assert themselves and uh, make themselves known, um, you know, put the stake in the ground, whatever cliche analogy you want to use. But, you know, some of these things, the way Alex Highsmith did with that outside linebacker spot, that's what I want to see from some other people. Who's going to be the slot cornerback? Um, you know, is James Pierre really going to make a move as an outside cornerback that's going to entice the Steelers to move Cam Sutton inside? Let's see that. Show me something. Um, you know, who are Isaiah Bugs and Carlos Davis? Which one of these guys is for real and which one of these guys is not? Let's see a little separation there. Uh, maybe, um, you know, at the tight ends. We've been talking about none of them can block, or at least let me say that I have been talking about none of them can block. I have not been arguing with you. I understand None that. of them can block. But, you know, is that it? Is that really it? Or do any of them have any potential? Uh, and if not, how do you get around that? Um, you know, these are the kinds of things. Who's Najee Harris's backup? Uh, there's just a lot of things I think that uh, you, you need to start to get some clarity with some of these things if, you know, the Steelers really are going to be the kind of team that they aspire to be and that so many of their fans hope and pray that they become. And uh, the Eagles, uh, you know, i got to be honest with you, I don't know enough about this the Eagles team uh, to place them, you know, in terms of the degree of difficulty of this preseason game. But <laughs> let me tell you this, I've been to the link enough times with the Pittsburgh Steelers and left there thinking, oh, my God, did somebody just get their butts kicked and weren't they the team with uh, wearing the helmet with only the logo on one side of it? And so, um, you know, avoiding that kind of situation I, I think is important as well. So um, it's going to be interesting, I think, for at least a little while. 
And as I said, what I'm looking for is a little bit of separation, a little bit of definition, clearer anyway. And because to me, that's that indicates that things are moving forward. And that's what I really think that I want to see Thursday night. Yeah, I, I think the coaches would like to see similar stuff, but I wonder even, you know, I mentioned running uh, running the ball into the end zone, running the ball more effectively, uh, the quarterback stuff we've talked about. Can any of this happen before the offensive line solidifies? Now, they got Kevin Dotson back to 11-on-11 11 11 this week. Uh, he is working second team, not first team, but I, I think he's going to be the starting left guard. Uh, Zach Banner's taking some baby steps. At right tackle, Chukwuma Korfor at left tackle. Kendrick Green's getting a lot of reps. Trey Turner. At what point do you need to see that projected starting five together, and how how often will you need to see them together to get you comfortable or confident in them? Well, you know, I, I don't know about that, but let me say what I'm looking for is it doesn't have to be those five guys to make it happen. It can be other guys. And, uh, you know, the different units will go against different units on the other team. And so, you know, if the Steelers' second group can come off the ball, move the defense, and, you know, um, uh, create a situation where the running game can be effective, to me, that is also a step forward. It's it's a mindset. Um, it's, uh, you know, a team thing. It doesn't have to be just those five guys who can do it because we've seen so many times with so many different teams, so many different seasons, you don't get to play with only five. You're going to have situations, circumstances are going to force you to go deeper into your depth chart. And so that's why, to me, it's important that more than just five guys were able to do what needs to be done. Well, I, I see where you're coming from. I've also been going to the practices for their sake. I hope as many of those five guys can stay as healthy as possible for as long as possible because uh, I'm not arguing with you either on that. If I'm Najee Harris right about now, I'm tired of looking at a damn team picture of the defense when I get the ball handed to me four yards behind the line of scrimmage. But, uh, you know, that's another topic for another day. Next week. Fortunately, we got another one of these to do next week, so we'll keep that on the back burner. Until then, want to thank uh, – Shirtless Tom back in studio for keeping us on the air. Thanks to Jacob Reck for uh, getting things set up here. Uh, go IU. Thanks uh, to uh, Bob, and thanks to you. For, thanks to you for listening. We're going to do it again next Tuesday, right here from the Rivers Casino. A week from tomorrow night, when we'll be wrapping up the Eagles game and looking ahead to preseason game number three against the. Detroit Lions. Until then, for Bob Labriola, I'm Mike Pursuta. You've been listening to DVE Rocks Training Camp live from the Rivers Casino right here on your Steeler flagship 102.5 DVE. Good night, everyone.